What's up with your studio and this big sort of pool of ideas that are actually really close to looking like they're, you know, real projects in well, a way? I, w- I worked out, so when I was, when I, I've always wanted to run my own office firstly, so it's always been a goal to be here being the architect of my own office, designing my own buildings. Like my, my goal from the outset to register to become an architect wasn't to become just the registered architect and work somewhere else to me architect was always the one doing the ideas getting the thing built and then being the one who's critiqued by everybody else on those ideas so i i appreciate and respect all the varied um ways that or roles that we have like in the architecture profession but the one that i was kind of really gunning for Mm. was that the the creative driver yeah so from, from the outset, when I was in working for another office throughout my, my um, uni degree and things, I tried to, I teamed up a few times with some of the other architects on random projects and things. And, you know, that we, talk, we toyed with the idea of starting offices or, you know, to, and it was always, I saw from the outset, this, this focus on built work. Like, you know, we need to get something built so we can get photos of it and yeah. look legit. Yeah. Whereas my gut feeling back then was it didn't matter about getting something built. And the, the first kind of few things that you do get built for that, like random wherever, are generally going to be a bit poor quality, yeah. Yeah. possibly. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to sum up my approach to architecture. Where I was just thought, you know, I'm... The idea is what I what I'm kind of about. Mm. So the three D renders are a kind of thing that sells the idea. So to have a website full of built work, unbuilt work, didn't really worry me. What yeah, it it doesn't stress you out at all. It's like, and especially because you, there are definitely studios that approach that stuff through like competitions, some some pretty. I'll say like paper architecture, some pretty like fanciful stuff, but you get to get those reps in by going through that process, attacking that brief, doing that stuff. But there aren't that many people or studios that I've seen where the the practice projects or like the theoretical projects are so closely aligned to like if this this could be a this could be a real thing or like this this looks like a studio that's got a portfolio full of it's so hard to tell the difference and like draw the line I think that's what's so interesting about it right? well the thing that that whole kind of um, so when I finished uni and was working full time throughout like my major kind of thing so I was always juggling full time work and full time mm. uni and when uni finished I didn't want to lose that kind of stamina of working all mm. night on uni work and work so to replace that I started Without any private work, I was doing competitions and things. You know, yeah. anyone that come the, the lame paid ones that you pay a hundred bucks <laughs> just to get. Yeah. The way that I yeah. the way that I saw it was like it was just architectural training. Keeping that, you know, you take away the design studio that you've got at uni, and that creative idea is the thing that I've realised now that I'm addicted to that feeling of that creative yeah. I, what, what's the brief how do you solve it whether the competition like I got used to losing or not even getting recognised in any competitions that it became not not about that it was yeah. about this training of brief idea trying to come up with something 
cool mm. that responds to it and then hopefully wanting to win mm. and in that mindset I've also felt myself eventually getting sick of sticking to my kind of own approach and I felt myself starting to try and do wild shapes to get noticed in the competitions or mm. I felt myself going off track in a context that doesn't even matter in the long run because it's just a competition idea yeah and that was kind of at the same time that I was really trying to hone in on what my actual approach to architecture was and what it's about and I realized that I'm spending all this time working on made up competition ideas so why not just make up actual houses like I'm interested in houses and buildings and any anything that is built in you know through construction whatever typology Mm. is I'm interested in doing it Mm. but I love the the kind of relationship between the landscape and whatever this is so I, I just found some sites that I really wanted to work with or would love to work with and started just designing things for them and at the same time I had some friends and family that were knew that I was you know an architect and they'd ask me well I had one good mate who was the first project I actually did who had a beautiful block up in Valor like in the north coast of New South Wales and I designed a house for him that he like absolutely hated he he didn't even really know that he wanted me to I essentially pushed the design onto them because I wanted the brief, but he'd already designed his own house and built his own house. Mm-hmm. Whereas it wasn't so much getting the house built. I thought, God, this was a brilliant idea. So why waste the idea? Why let the, you know, this idea that I thought was worthwhile mm-hmm. showing to him and developing for free, essentially, mm-hmm. why not develop that up further and then have, you know, the drawings, the plans, the the spiel behind it and it's a real idea it, it's a real site too and it's a real brief because it it ticked all their boxes so it was like I, I realized then that rather than focusing all this energy into competitions which I think would be amazing if you did win them you know whether you can win money built you get the thing that you can put on your social media or whatever it is it's kind of bragging rights in the end yeah whereas I, I realized the bragging rights that I wanted was paid work so I could actually leave full-time work and support myself and the way that I wanted to do that was build a body of work ideas that would funnel me into some actual paid work in the area that I was interested in yeah. you know yeah so the first kind of maybe 10 jobs that I had were all relatively made up but real briefs and they were kind of you know that good friend's brother-in-law's got a house do you want to look at it I looked at it the job goes nowhere but I still treat the Mm. job and the brief Mm. as if it's real and design something up that suits that Mm. even though you know the the actual paid work and the client and the side of long gone off the desk yeah but to develop it up in the way that I would nowadays develop the work for a paid client the way that I've developed my whole approach for doing my version of architecture I was treating the old jobs in that exact same way so they, they yeah. weren't they weren't they were made up jobs they were fake and unpaid work but they were real ideas that were tied into the the kind of way that I practice and my approach to architecture now so it was all worthwhile time yeah and to have a body of 
unbuilt work that looks so resolved, like you said mm. that you picked mm. up on, is a way of showing those, like there's a percentage of clients that are open to seeing an unbuilt work and they get it and they can see mm. that in there is my kind of way of doing things. Mm. And then there's others who they haven't seen a built work yet. So, you know, they don't have that kind of confidence in mm. my office. Mm. But maybe in a few years, once there's a few more of them built, it'll crack me into another market. But at the moment, I've found that the people that I've been lucky enough to work with, the clients that I've got now, we're all so like-minded and it's been a kind of more beneficial thing because I've got a body of ideas that are on the table that they've been able to kind of look at and appreciate and realise that they, they get what I'm about there without it being too real and too funneled into the, the specific client's um, mm. final brief or final mm. uh, personal taste. So yeah. all these things are still me yeah. because they haven't been filled with the client's furniture life uh, changed. All those, those crazy ways. variables. Yeah, well, you, you know, yeah. I, I think it, it's also been about create the way that I've developed how I design is about creating a, a framework or a background and to the client's kind of daily life and I think that's because I don't have much disposable income and all of those buildings ideas that I was designing at the start were really it was me and my wife were the like the made up client and there was that kind of monetary budget in the back of my head that meant everything needed to be simple and easy to build because there's the opportunity that we might one day build it which a lot of the unbuilt stuff on my um, website now are actually kind of little holiday houses and things that I've designed for myself from blocks that we've either not bought or looked into and they've we've found out they're kind of rubbish blocks that they're not worth spending the money on yeah. but still treating them like an actual paid job doing the the, the whole process and not mm. treating them like the idea is still a really important thing which is paying off so far yeah so when you when you have those like-minded clients coming along um what that that must just look so different to other architects from their from their point of view like it's like (laughs) like you know they would almost feel if that's how they wanted to approach it they would almost feel like there isn't really many firms out there doing that kind of thing like what was the kind of stuff they what did they bring to you or like what did they say when they came to you like have they seen like well the the the, um so the way that i got most of this work which is kind of a long way around is i left the first x amount of jobs were made up Mm. the first job that i got that was a essentially paid was through my good friend um, from Studio Friday, graphic designer, who I traded a design for a renovation for his house for the my first website. Mm. So Damn. paid you know, paid client <laughs> but in you know, I'll trade you this for this for that. He got a good deal. He got it, it, <coughs> it didn't go ahead but it was a really cool idea. Yeah. They um and then the next job that I got was a recommendation, so word of mouth, through Jake and Lara for one of their friends where I did an extremely low fee but for a rip, an actual paying client. And in the, the town where I grew up in, 
mm-hmm. oak flats on the south coast of New South Wales where very few people give a shit at all about design. Mm-hmm. Good design where I'm from is a really large house, maxed out the site, you know, somewhere that you've got a theatre room, all that kind of rubbish. Mm-hmm where most people would get a building designer or somebody to just churn it out and build a big house. Whereas uh, Tara and Kane, my first two kind of clients, they were of a different mindset then. And they, uh, it took some convincing at the time to convince them to use me instead of a draftsman for pretty much this, the same cost. So, but the, they they were happy enough to come along through through the process, and it, it was kind of my first role, way of working out how how do I deal with all of this kind of all these various stages in a professional way with an actual pain pain client that I'm actually doing a, a real job for you know so it was like this weird shift. The first one was kind of they were made up for mates or for vacant blocks or for me, and then even though the budget was small, it was like, it, it was an actual real paying client, which I, f- I thought was um, really cool. So that, that kind of came through word of mouth and f- through that, all of those jobs at the same time, because I, I wanted work, I needed work. So I was using the 3D images that I produced for the, the, my presentations as a way of, I was sending them uploading to like Design Boom and anywhere that you could upload your own thing and they got published and then there was more kind of, you know, creating some sort of online presence I was thinking of it at the time to establish this view of my office as an office doing nice considered work in on beautiful sites when it was really, which hopefully I, I was doing that, but it was just kind of me working in the after hours of work while still working full-time somewhere else mm. after doing that like building the the online presence and the the fake jobs and getting the website that i you know that i yeah, traded yeah. it started to make when people were recommending me they would obviously head to the website and see all this like a lot of work there even though it was unbuilt the um having one cafe again was one built project on there from the start which was extremely valuable but even in that it was kind of working my actual involvement in that job essentially helping out uh, now a, a good friend but at the time it was the office manager at work's husband needed a hand doing some some plans for his real estate agent or landlord or something on another cafe that he had and I the, the message went around or the email went around saying would somebody help and I was threw my hand up straight away <laughs> you know paid work to do a drawing yeah. I'll, I'll do it yeah I yeah. just wanted to get paid for doing something through my own name yeah, yeah. and then that knocked on to Archie's all day in um, Fitzroy actually helping him do the fit out through essentially 3d design we worked through the spaces in a really kind of collaborative quick way but at the other end of it, there was a built cafe that was there that all of a sudden I've got no built work, but a bunch of nice ideas and then a really nice cafe fit out, which tied into the way that I was f- 
starting to head in my own works. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there, but yeah. the, I'm not really I'm not interested really at all in fit outs and interior design or that that kind of fast moving yeah. things because yeah. it's so tied into fashion. Yeah. But this building is a beautiful old Victorian terrace house, which I love the idea of the typology. Yeah. The walls are still got um, stacked bluestone. Yeah. Which is which you know to me that's that was it. We highlighted the materials, mm. did a really cheap fit out, and I think the success of it is yes. it was so mm. not trying to be um, better than or not trying to be too yeah out, out yeah. there. Which yeah, you know, like other cafes that opened at the same time that one did would all have yeah, changed well, there. All redone their fit out probably three times by now. Or even and Archie's is still looking. Yeah, exactly. And the the thing that I think about that is it wasn't... I I totally get that whole market and I love it. I actually love going into the city and seeing these new fit-outs. It just amazes me. But the way that the Archie's ties into my approach and I think it's the mindset of... um, and the the owner too that you don't you don't succeed or my goal is not to be the best for kind of five minutes it's to establish a long time lifelong hopefully career of just doing work that i like yeah and if if it gets noticed awards and publications would all be beautiful and amazing you know Mm -hmm. but the that is for the very lucky few and really good work should only mm. really good work should eventually get that you know whereas with yeah. Archie's we got it photographed so I could have um, images on the website but there was no intent to enter it into awards or because it wasn't about that it was just yeah. about highlighting the food so back to your question though that was kind of I've got a body of Mm. unbuilt work one cafe and that was pretty much all I needed to start to convince some other people yeah so uploading it to I love that bit about you moonlighting just kind of uploading stuff um, around the place so that's like that's such a cool strategy well it was I I, um, the the uploading and the I was using Instagram pretty yeah I, I, I found it to be extremely important in making a name for myself online you know uh, the online presence yeah that I started to take it pretty seriously and like putting up heaps and heaps of renders to show anybody the idea mm. I found that in the first few jobs that I had the the initial 3d images that I produced to describe the idea wouldn't really make it through to the next stages because the client at that time most likely they felt that I was kind of getting the benefit out of the fact that I was working for them so there wasn't really any real appreciation for my design input was more so the 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 opportunity that I had as a young office to get work so there was wasn't really a, a huge level of respect there in the first few yeah so that where the design landed in the end in the later stages and things that have actually been built I've got more built work than is actually on my website but it doesn't tie into this approach that I've been flapping on about so those images are like the the 3D images of the idea are really about this is the idea that I'm trying to sell and explain 
before it gets not so much watered down because I don't think clients ruin things, mm. but it's more uh, succinct in a way, or yeah, it's more yeah, in line with what yeah. I'm actually trying to achieve. Yeah. So yeah. using all of that on Instagram as a way of saying, this is what I'm about, but this job might have gone to shit or changed or I don't want to show any actual pictures of the built thing but this yeah. is the idea that if anybody else scrolls through Instagram and goes oh this is a nice thing it might lead yeah. on to yeah and at the same time I was kind of using Instagram in a way where I was probably hounding not well, it was like I was yeah forcing my foot in a, a bunch of doors through Instagram yeah I wanted to ask about this so it sounds like you, you described a strategy to me of kind of like DMing people and like <laughs> kind of making, just like making unsolicited yeah. renders and images for people and just shipping it off and just sort of seeing what sticks. Well, it was but the first job that I got. <laughs> never heard of that before and it's great. Well, the, f- the first job that I got was for a, a crew called Solar Geringong in Geringong on the south coast of New South Wales. They did a kind of Byron Bay style guest house, which is gone gangbusters at the moment it's like on the cover of like country style magazine and it's been in the Qantas magazine and like they it's booked out for kind of two years so they're, they're doing and I got that job through kind of hounding them without no, the, the, an old, it's a beautiful old farmhouse and the farm popped up on um, my explore thing on Instagram and I just emailed them saying or DM'd them or commented or something saying lovely house and at the same time they must have been looking for a I found out later that it was more so a draftsman that they needed than an architect but they were looking for somebody so just reaching out was kind of a way to get that job and at the same time my friend um, Jake the graphic designer he was actually doing the logo which is probably why whatever the algorithm was they knew that we Mm. were connected and it popped Mm. up so Mm. it was that was kind of the first moment where I thought you can actually use this to we're all in touch you know our phones keep us all connected in a way and sometimes it's weird to like DM somebody out of the blue sliding into the (laughs) it's kind of seen as a bit sus something in in a weird way but I think that's that's kind of all rubbish if your intent is just to meet somebody and talk about Mm. work and potential opportunities of working together I don't see anything kind of weird about it but after getting the first job, I thought, this is like, you know, I've got no way of getting paid work through family, friends, or I've got to create these opportunities. Yeah. And the one that I mentioned to you that you were kind of alluding to was for Austin's and Co Winery, where I was scrolling through and I saw that they were having a um, cellar door at the, in front of this beautiful old brick chimney. And I had the uh, straight away, that kind of thing that I said before about being addicted to the feeling of design and like seeing an opportunity and resolving it and getting the idea out and then forgetting about moving on like get it out of your yeah. head that little creative spark and I had I had the and also following your gut so there was something in my gut that was like you've got to do this little a picture this little pitched thing that was like the ghost of the old house and I rendered it up and sent them through a set of drawings set of plans with you know there was a bit of work in it and I was still working full time and working on my own work and trying to jam this in 
outside of hours. And I remember my wife saying, you know, what are you doing? This is, they're not paying you, go to bed. But I had to get it out and I sent it to them and it was just perfect timing because they were actually looking to renovate this, their existing shearing shed on the block into their cellar door that the relationship they had with whoever else they were doing it with had just gone sour. So out of the blue, some young idiots sent them through a set of drawings saying, hey, here's a design. But it got my foot in the door to this moment where I was actually speaking to some lovely potential clients about this amazing renovation to a shearing shed, which we've done, designed, documented. We just, um, the job's kind of on hold for a bit, but fingers crossed it comes back online because it'll be such an amazing thing. And again, I had no work. It was a small fee. It got me the job, but it got me work. It got me more renders to use. Yeah. More promotion, word of mouth, like things just roll on. You don't know. Referral network. Yeah. The the kind of never saying no to any opportunity or at least not kind of sniffing out what opportunities might be before you decide not to do it is the kind of main lesson that I learned. And that using Instagram to find those opportunities yeah. was, uh, yeah. I think, yeah. a pretty good tactic. Yeah, I think it was a great tactic. I actually sort of repurposed that tactic a little bit talking to a different client this week. I was good like, work. man, Go get for out there. Do some, do some sort of like, you know, hustle, man, hustle. And I, so I brought up the example and uh, he said it was a bit of just like a coincidence or whatever, but I was like, no, nah, but it's a process that, you know, you kind of made it. Like, it's not the only time it's, it's it's a process of that gut feeling of like because like I do the same thing when it comes to like if I see architects that I think I've got some gut feeling about their website or their Instagram account or something like I'll just make a video or somebody if I know somebody in the industry and I think that they should be doing something that they're not doing I'll just email them about that and that's always turning into work and it's like the same process like you're just you're just you're doing it pretty sincerely of going I've got an idea for you here it is you know that's it that's exactly the thing it's it's my um like that that what you described the kind of sincereness of it it's not about me it is about me getting work but it's also about me wanting to be able to help them get a design and work with them or yeah. you know it's not like i need to get work rip them off because i've got ma- massive overheads it's about hopefully helping them get a better building in, yeah. in the long run you only do it with somebody where you'd be like if they if this just somehow played out that they said yes or they want to keep going that would be <laughs> yeah exactly like you're not you're not doing it as like a general policy but you're doing it when 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 you really like set your mind on some kind of you know block of land or some winery or something i mean it's worth the gamble yeah. to be like maybe i'll just spend a few hours after work making well, something for that that's the the other thing that the giving the the um what would you say so at the same time i had these jobs or before so before i'd actually got the cellar door job i'd taken the punt to leave and go out on my own a hundred like fully full time and the bushfires had come through and we were down in wire river the week before them and you know, I love Wye River. My wife and I and our friends go down, or at least to the the coast at Christmas, or as many times as you can kind of get down there. 
and when the fires came through I had the idea or we were all sitting around and it was like we should do something to help and I thought the way that I could help is design you know I'm not trying to get work like yeah. not very handy on the tools <laughs> the the cleanup was done by Grocon so a massive you know company was the way that I saw that I could give back would be to help the permanent residents living in a small town so yeah. like if you live in a regional town especially a coastal one you're generally a handyman or you're cleaning or you work in the hospital or something which I found to be almost spot on true yeah so I contacted the CFA the pub and the general store to say you know I've got this offer I'll help the local residents who live down here either go back through their old photos which I eventually found out everybody lost everything in the fires there was no mm. photos left or get work through what information that the council had online and help them just get the planning permit for mm. their old house mm. you know rebuilt exactly how it was to help them get through it or mm. I'd help them redesign their new house to how they would actually want it mm. and three three people accepted the offer which I've been lucky enough to work with the first house has been built which is my only built house to date and the other two are um, should be starting on site in the next couple of weeks which it was a you know the, the gamble it's been a shitload of work so like two years worth of work unpaid mm-hmm. designing documenting town planning I've redocumented one of them three times to get it on on budget but what I've gained through that process, working with extremely difficult sites in Wire River, amazing sites with amazing views in Wire River, mm-hmm. the bushfire regulations that I've had to get my head around, like I couldn't have possibly paid the amount that I would have taken in fees to get the experience, yeah. you know, to, yeah, to build yeah. up that, to build up a body of work to convince the people who live in Melbourne who have the holiday houses down there who are, are clearly a lot more or most likely sorry more well off that they've probably got their own architect who designed their own house yeah. to fight through that to win the work wasn't you know wasn't wasn't the intent number one but it would be extremely unlikely for me to actually get the jump start on my career that way mm. and then the payback from those jobs is the the relationships that I've built with the the three families down there and then they're wanting to help me a young guy who's helped them get more work you know word of, word of mouth one thing but when you've got people small town word of mouth small town word of mouth <laughs> and very like thankful word of mouth yeah. you know they're, yeah. they're, they're extremely grateful yeah. all of them that I've been involved and as am I that I've been lucky enough to work with them Yeah. so that's kind of my work Growing up on the coast in New South Wales in Queensland, I love nature, the kind of powerful sights and being able to do something there in a town like Wye River, which I absolutely love, is just mm. so... Mm. Yeah, You know, yeah. And I, I had that thought. We were actually, I think it was New Year's Eve one year, so we were probably pretty, pretty loose. <laughs> we were like... It could have just been a drunk thought that I didn't follow through with, but instead I committed to it, and two years later, we're still there. Yeah. 
you know. So yeah. it, was a, it was one of those following your gut yeah. instinct again, totally. not just waking up yeah. with a hangover yeah. and thinking, it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can totally, I can, I don't know what that that gut feeling is. I just don't see it that often because, like, I know, I, I know where it comes from. Like, I also jumped, you know, into the deep end full time, zero clients, and you have to do a bunch of stuff that doesn't look like a very good picture in the short term yeah but you're playing the long the long game and you really just have to i think when do it, that stuff and be a bit on the edge of <laughs> well it's when the long when the long game's being like working for yourself yeah and the kind of lame thing that if you enjoy what you do you don't work it yeah. day in your life you know that it, it's not hard to decide that that's what you, you got to do you know mm. and p- money so money is money I need it. We need it. There's like, I keep my overheads as low as possible, but mm. I take on jobs that I, money, making money at this point in time is not an interest to me. Making great work is, mm. and the best that I can out of any job, you know, if they fall short of where I was going, just trying to get the best result and staying on track. Mm. So it's about creating uh, the life that you want. Currently, the life that I want is yeah. to be as, successful architect doing great work you know your life the reason why you probably took the punt is because you want to be your own boss and you clearly enjoy doing this stuff or you wouldn't be here chatting to me there's only (laughs) one way you can do that you know you can't work for somebody else forever unless your goal is to work for somebody else forever and you're happy with that you know there's nothing wrong with that you get paid a lot more you get holidays it's a different life but the life that we've chosen mm. is being your own boss earning no coin and like enjoying <laughs> what you do <laughs> oh man so when you were um when you're in a bigger firm did and and you were doing the stuff on the outside um like you know doing the late nights working on your own projects were you sort of um were there other people doing that sort of stuff or do you think there that oh, it's kind of in the office that i worked in it was very hush hush so everybody everyone had their little thing going they P- they'd call them PJs private jobs and the crew who the people who left to start their own offices before I did I would hear them talking about their PJs in the kitchen and I got the like I was not jealous but the feeling of like oh, I want my own you know private work I want to be you know I, I want to do that but it was an office where you 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 it did great great work, but we you kind of didn't. I don't know if it was unspoken before when I was kind of first started there, so I just didn't speak about it as well because it was a kind of culture, or it was frowned upon, or if they'd be extremely supportive. But you know, in the end, I didn't know who was really doing it and not because nobody really spoke about it or not. Mm-hmm. It was really you just saw who looked the tightest in the morning, but everybody looks tired <laughs> yeah. in architecture. Yeah. The um the thing that I it, more so just that that stamina thing that I said before about just constantly wanting to work and do work, I think is it was probably a, a benefit of doing PJs at the same time because now life working for myself is easy. You know. Yeah was working kind of two jobs at once, seven days a week. Now I just work one and the work doesn't feel like one. It feels the same way that those competitions and yeah. the idea projects did at the start. 
Yeah, cool. So, um, you know, last week at that at the quarterly forum, the topic was people that are in firms but are trying to, I guess, like build up a bit of a momentum to maybe jump out there on their own. I love the the process you described of kind of doing the ideas based stuff and then uploading it using Instagram. You could do you reckon you could actually build up like a pretty pretty well established little brand and firm before you've even like left the well I think firm that you're in. I, I mean, think is that feasible? Or? That's what I did. You know, yeah. it's it, it, yes because I I did it. Yeah, but like I the decision I always wanted to work for myself. I'd taken on, you know, it was work in uni, then work in competitions, then work in private work, then the private work started to fill every other bit that I had. So I knew I was at a tipping point where it was like, okay, I'm rocking up at work, tired and not performing for a well-paying job and for architects who I respect. So I felt Mm. like I was beginning to take the piss a bit Mm. and there was pressure. So I knew... It's either take the jump now, and by no means did I have enough money to support myself totally. So I probably had enough fees coming in that would have been the equivalent of kind of two days pay a week at the other mm-hmm. job. But the momentum, yeah. things were starting to move. Like the the boulder didn't exist at the start, and then I started. You could feel things, and I could have just let it slow down again. But yeah. I thought. I actually reached out on Instagram to a bunch of other architects too who I didn't know. So I, yeah. I, I was going through my my close circle of colleagues, picking their brains, the crew who had actually left to start their own offices that were, were doing it, getting their advice. But getting advice from people that you don't actually know, I found was really valuable because they don't have any context to A, who you are, what you're doing. It's just advice. Mm. So, I the guy your mate Nick from WA, mm-hmm. um, Adam Kane, who's a good mate now, and a architect Andrew Donaldson up in Sydney. I've reached out to mm. all of them that I saw them on Instagram doing work that I respected and thought, you know, these guys are a few years ahead of me. What do they think? And the mm. advice that they gave me was pretty much the final push to be like, come on, mate you've put your safety nets in place you've done all this preparation the one thing that you want to do is work for yourself like take the take the jump yeah you know don't be and it was nick who kind of said he doesn't he didn't know me from a bar of salt salt really (laughs) but the or what my financial situation was Mm. but he said you you're not the was something along the lines of you're not in until you're you're in so you're not actually in the architectural game until your name's on the door and you're standing behind your own you know you, you you're not in because you're not there you're not yeah. responsible for the the overheads and paying things and you know staff and standing behind a design you've got the director of a company to kind of fight the battles yeah. and then also everything else that comes with that the you know the the great feedback that you get from people the work the clients the the money in it in the end not that it's come but you know being paid for doing your work 
is pretty in- yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Like that stuff doesn't come when it's just just a wage. So after getting that advice, I think I moonwalked into the office and resigned the next day and felt actually really good about the fact that I'd taken the made the right decisions yeah. and actually done it. So there's a hundred percent the opportunity for somebody to build up a huge presence. Or not to say that mine was huge, but a like if somebody was to do what I've done on a grander scale, as long as they're happy with not sleeping too often, mm-hmm. and I've got an mm-hmm. extremely supportive wife who you know supported me through all this. So if you've got that kind of framework in place, then go for it. There's nothing to stop you. We live in a digital age where people see the, my new web developer said that you should put more focus on your actual. Um, phone web thing because more people like the whatever mm. analytics say that more people use their phones than a website and if your website isn't fixed to be viewed at on a you know yeah. on a handheld device yeah, yeah, yeah. so you crack, cr- cracking into that market's like extremely valuable why not it's easy it's free yeah that's the thing that I liked about it at the start too you didn't have to pay anything for it so yeah 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 no, that's really cool man um so i guess i'm a little bit curious about how how things are kind of different now because you've gone like the nature of the game always sort of changes as you go through the different stages and you've gone kind of like through this real traction phase where you, like the boulder you described yep. and everything and you're probably in more of like a growth phase you've you've like hired people now yeah, um, two legend students working for me, Callum and Mark. Beautiful. Um, I think now the the growth phase, touch wood, I'm in a growth phase, but <laughs> I've been able to keep... So advice that I heard from Glenn Merkitt while watching lectures throughout all these years was start how you want to finish. And another bit of advice was stay as small as possible for as long as possible so keeping overheads tiny until you're bursting at the seams to actually need to employ somebody to help you get through the work i've stayed working from a home office for as long as possible until all this stuff started to fill the spare room and i was forced out and also to get a a space where i could get some help and we weren't sitting in the in the laundry room I never jumped ahead of that to kind of look bigger than I was in a physical kind of context because I was using the online portal to not not trick people but my what my brand branding image online was was a lot bigger so I, I was always meeting always meeting clients on site and at their their house so they were never coming to the office so that didn't matter that I was working from home and the one thing is this whole presence thing is kind of just uh, smoke and mirrors it is until you get there if what once I'm kind of got the foot in the door and I'm there trying to meet him with these the, the strangers potential clients at the start trying to convince them to work with me you know, that's where it comes up to actually me to sell myself, to mm. sell my office, to sell my approach to architecture, to sell the reason why I would give, could value 
contribute yeah. to their, you know, pretty much just flood the passion out and make them realise that all the other architects that they've spoken to to look at their jobs, because they're generally looking at two or three or four others, mm. and when they compare me and how passionate I hopefully come across and am mm. about what mm. I do, yeah. that when they compare them to the other people that they've spoken to, they're always going to choose me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If and There's only been a few times where that first initial meeting... I've summed up the fact that it probably wasn't going to work, probably wasn't right. The job was probably right, but the, you know that personal interaction where you, yeah. when you're face-to-face, you can see through the bullshit instantly or you can see it's going to be a, a perfect relationship or you can see it's probably worthwhile taking the punt mm. and let's you know, employ Matt and see where we get to. Mm. And I think the kind of building of momentum through that is not just to win a job so I can pay myself and run this it's about getting them the best idea dealing with the what the kind of give and take what's the word where you know it's their it's their house so the, the negotiation the negotiation yeah. so generally a lot of people have worked with architects before or their friends have and you know the architect hasn't <laughs> let them put the sink in the where they wanted it yeah and there's there's reasons why you know pick your battles I, yeah. I know that i want something a certain way which is what i present to them first and then if they want it some other way if i can't convince them to you know the reason why my idea is better then they've they've won that's the kind of the give and take re- mm. relationship mm. and then i make their version of that the best as possible yeah and the intent there is that that word of mouth while they're talking to their friends who have had possible terrible you know runs with arrogant um mm. other people who won't bend because their ways better yeah my my thing that i'm trying to get across is that the overall idea like i said before interiors kitchens they don't interest me in the way that let's make a feature kitchen i'm trying to create a a background to life so the cooking the living the getting drunk the fights the everything that happens in that kitchen is what i'm interested in not what the bench top is not mm. what the you, yeah. you know so it's yeah. like wherever the as long as it, there's a sink there and they can use it and it functions well like I don't really care where it is yeah. I just want them the overall house concept to be good so yeah. it's quite easy to at this point in my career which I've kind of set myself in five year gaps is mm. just get the project to be as best as it can be there might be pick your, pick your battles yeah. as close to the mark as it can be the next one's going to be to be better you know yeah. if, I, if I was to push back and fight too hard on any of my jobs I'd feel that I would lose the jobs and they'd, yeah. it'd, it'd be gone Whereas that'd, be, I, that'd be super stressful as well yeah and it's always worrying about that you know and in the end you just imagine that these clients they're paying so much money to build a house and then they've got me on the other end of the phone telling them that they can't have whatever they want to pay for because my architectural approach is so much better than what they know about it you know and they've got to listen to me that that just doesn't seem kind of 
yeah. all right at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the momentum that that's kind of this growth phase that you that you kind of mentioned before. I'm trying to learn how to get the skills to convince people to do what I think is better, yeah. and at the same time develop a body of work that other people are seeing straight away and getting straight on the level so I don't have to convince people anymore that it'll eventually come to me like the people who come to I imagine all the architects that I look up to and say you know do me a house bang and this amazing work that you see on Instagram pops up Mm. totally uncompromised Mm. huge or Mm. decent budgets and really um, you know committed clients not that none of my clients aren't committed Mm. but you know there's a there's a different league that the people that i kind of look Mm. up to are are in now and if i was to treat the league that i'm playing in as if it was you know the the a grade i'd be yeah i'd be a fool yeah 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 but the desire is to get better the growth phase so maybe if we catch up again in five years (laughs) hopefully i'm right five years (laughs) might be working for you oh my god dude no way uh might be the other way around man um yeah so that's i guess like i guess the question is i mean that's that's interesting so like the approach is you're, you're focused on that at a, at a, um, a li- it sounds a little bit to me like it's almost like the sales and persuasion part of the business side of it that never really stops until the thing's built which is just trying to trying to sell trying to communicate and trying to get them to get get your point of view and something off the track of that which goes back to the the kind of growth phase so I've I've got a I've got a number of jobs that have gone through get to the tender process and the budgets are like slightly higher or it's difficult to find a builder because the state of the market or things are just so expensive you know everything that you find out my approach to architectural design with my father dad being a concreter growing up I used to labor for him almost was a a concreter to see how hard like things are to build and how doing some like crazy curves and things just make it you need money to do that so my my interest is like normal simple construction and using architectural techniques that focus on proportion windows scale the kind of stuff that most draftsmen or builders designing their own things get wrong because they're not trained in that that's why oftentimes um kind of houses built out in the suburbs look clunky because the the notion of proportion isn't there as long as the rooms are there you know make the ceiling as high as it goes because that's apparently great make the room as big get rid of the eaves there's those little things that they don't get. Yeah. But the people who are building them, the kind of just standard builders, are the people that I'm picturing are going to build my houses. So things have got to be as simple as, as possible and not mm. complex. Mm. So that's kind of something that I'm working into my approach. And then about getting more work. So like I just said, it's difficult to find a builder. But I've been lucky enough with this kind of construction focus that I'm interested in that is clearly coming through in my works started to attract builders who are clients now who have engaged me to do their own houses. So I've got about six builder clients at the moment where we're essentially 
jumping that whole tender stage because they're going to build the houses themselves. So, yeah. you know, to get the built work now, I'm yeah. in the kind of growth stage where I've had these years of ideas. I'm extremely focused on ideas, but I just want to get on site and get these things built to see what these ideas are actually... It was a good idea or a bad idea. Mm. So a way that I've worked that into kind of happening is clients who are, who are builders in doing houses for for the builders which yeah. at the moment touch wood it seems like a good idea because they don't stuff around they like they want to get things done and they want to get started as quick as I do without the, the the hassle for finding them in the first place yeah you know like re- building good relationships with builders isn't a bad you know a bad move either it's like I, think, I remember like Rick Lepas during Glen Merkett, they've got some lifelong friendships with the guys that build there. Yeah, well, I think you the know. thing is, so in the town where I'm from, I've got some mates back home that are builders that I've tried to work with a few times and they just don't want to hear about it because they've got this backwards thinking where architects and builders don't get along yeah. because the most builders have had bad bad experience. um, experiences yeah. with arrogance on site, yeah. you know, making them pull down walls because things are, things are wrong. Whereas well, the things that I've I kind of learn the most when a building is on site because you realise working in a big office where you've got commercial builders the things that you actually draw there's a whole safety net on the builders side where they've got teams of people that re-document or re-look or review mm. what you've drawn and work out the best way to do it mm. but the scale of work that I'm doing at the moment what's on the drawings is like is what's going to be built. And some of the things that I might draw, if I've got a flashing wrong, you know, the builders, they kind of have a laugh at it. So the things that I've learnt, rather than be this arrogant guy dealing with builders, is to go in with a kind of humble mindset and realise that you're going to learn so much more from even, you know, the, the apprentice bricky about how to build a brick wall than you're going to by reading some construction manual and looking at a few details online like seeing how it's actually done by the people who do it is where you learn things which you know if I can develop lifelong friendships with numerous builders and I'm kind of 70 80 years old and we're still all sharing a beer after they're finished that that's kind of my goal yeah and that's worked into the my approach to architecture too in the way that just finding appreciation for the kind of standard cheap materials and not having to rely on like whatever trendy colour terrazzo tiles in like the, the bathrooms you know what's the easiest for the top how big can you go with the tile huge slabs of marble which are a pain in the ass for standard tilers to put in mm. or asking the the tiler that the builder's mm. going to use mm. you know mm. what's what 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 gap should we be leaving? Mm-hmm. Like little yeah. questions that just yeah. tiles never get asked. They just kind of get the shits with if they're, you know, put the drawings are putting pressure on what they actually do. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of working out that my skill is a passion for architecture, listening to clients as closely as possible and trying to translate what I think it is that they want through my filter into a building that suits their site, their brief, and it hopefully gives them back some beautiful qualities that yeah. they can enjoy yeah. that they're not yeah. going to get anywhere else. It's not totally being an expert on construction and knowing how 
bricky should build a wall, how a carpenter should put up a frame, but, you know, relying on the fact that they are craftsmen in a sense, even if they're really just bog standard builders who mm. just happy to show mm. up. Mm. So as you, as you kind of move up to the, you meant you talking about the kind of the league that some of the other firms that you look up to are at. So, and you know, bigger budgets come along with that and that sort of thing. How do you, have you thought about how you kind of keep it sort of, keep it simple, keep it, keep it kind of stripped down and kind of, kind of basic, but, but awesome as you move up that budget range? Cause I'd be sitting there going like, oh shit, man, am I going to have to start like, <laughs> you know, how do, how do you balance that? I guess, cause I see it's not a problem that a lot of firms, it's a, it's a kind of, it's a good problem that a lot of firms never have to deal with cause they never really get up to that that level but I think it's the way that I I think the work that you do attracts the kind of clients that you're going to get so the reality of me getting an extremely wealthy rich um, person to do a house in Rose Bay or somewhere the work that I do and what my approach to architecture is kind of isn't in that line anyway but possibly, you know, that kind of person might see my work and want me to do a, a holiday house for them that is really stripped yeah. back and I yeah. can convince them maybe in the way that you don't have to live the same way that you would in your larger house yeah. and the money that I would spend there would be on the, the detailing of the certain elements that I'm working with now as opposed to just relying on factory standards of things. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. the, the, to at the moment... I draw up a window, it goes to a window manufacturer and that's what gets put in. But some sort of custom frame, bench seat, you know, spending money on making mm. that window even more One of a kind. Yeah. Just, just, you know, these real unique qualities. But but, it, but in a basic way, in a simple way. Yeah, I'm, like just using using the money wisely rather yeah. than going, okay, sweet. I yeah. get a way bigger percentage fee now and yeah. we'll just... We'll just, just go, we'll just charge them more. You yeah, know, yeah, done. yeah, exactly. We'll just use anything. Yeah. yeah, I think still making sure that you don't slip into just doing expensive work for more wealthy people. They're still getting yeah. that same value yeah. and passion and you know desire or guidance to say you don't need a big house. Let's do a really small one. Yeah. And you know maybe the more the more uh, refined it is the better it is mm-hmm. rather than the larger it is so mm-hmm. it, yeah they might not even end up paying more than it they might just be more wealthy yeah you know yeah, in yeah. their own life yeah exactly which is probably the way it would work out for me because I kind of always <laughs> see you know it's you know just miss out on that yeah but it doesn't bother me as long as it's that you get the opportunity to do a work with a, a good site nice people yeah and do something cool that's that's the desire still so yeah 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 I don't know, five years let's see see so, what I'm saying then I guess like just I suppose finally curious to curious to know a little bit about um are you still what's your current take on what you're putting out there or like your communication strategy I guess are you keeping it more or less the same but you're kind of neck deep in the work on on these different projects do you mean um, Instagram you know Instagram or? and some of the other, some of those some of those routines that you've been kind of practicing over Ooh. the last couple of years around like you know developing the work sharing it building up a bit of a bit of a hype and a bit of a, a bit of a thing about some of it 
kind of keeping at that stuff or oh, is it like yeah 100 percent. so like that my it was so important and integral to me getting to here this point that i would never want to you know they say twitter's dying maybe in a couple where well, i never used to use instagram that mm. long ago maybe mm. it'll switch to something else but mm. it's the only one that i use mm. out of them and i i just love the like i i love drawings models when i can make them yeah renders the the kind of that whole front end part of the design process is extremely important mm. to my work mm. and also something that i've love seeing that other people do mm. you know Sergison Bates Caruso St John these offices that I've like looked up to that have got this solid appreciation for working drawings and also the conceptual drawings and models and yeah. the whole kind of history of architecture and everything that is important in being a practicing architect that I've been inspired by my whole career to date like that's still important to me most of the followers, I, I imagine, I think, I feel like probably 90% of them are architecture students, mm. most likely, mm. from around the world. Like, mm. you get ch- random followers from all these different countries because somebody might have reposted a floor plan that I've drawn. So, you know, yeah. appealing to the audience, which is me, like, I, I, I still feel like I'm a student at heart, hungry to get... The, that kind of kick from the design you know getting that that feeling of coming up with an idea developing a render that sells it doing a model model making the fact that you kind of you know you're you're out of the computer for a little bit like those things yeah. that were important to me back then definitely still are so at the moment using instagram to show every render that i do i'm proud of like every render you know this is yeah. like i said at the start it's like this is the first idea before it kind of gets changed Mm. or developed so I treat them as important as I do the documentation set or you know those things they're they're a finished product I try not to post random work in progress half finished renders or you know sketch up models it's always the thing that I show the client and I, I think that that's a way of a showing off what I'm working on, yeah. Showing off, yeah. in a sense, yeah. And also trying to inspire <laughs> the some. Kids, the kids say flexing these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, just, <laughs> you know, flexing I'm, on everybody with those renders. So Instagram is such a good platform for that. I yeah. rarely update my website yeah. at all, but it's a way of saying, you know, we're working on this, we're doing this. This is cool. You see, friends, colleague, uh, other architect mates doing really cool stuff and. You kind of just feed off that, whether it's you get competitive, jealous, inspired, stoked, or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's all part of that, the benefit of having this little thing in your pocket that you can actually use in, in that way. Yeah. And also, like the work that I'm working on right now probably won't be built for, you know, another year or two. So if that idea render gets seen by somebody else who's looking through their phone on the other end of it somewhere leads to another job the, you know the, yeah. the, gro- the growth phase more work more yeah people to help me more great jobs more clients to meet so it's like I don't think I'll ever stop doing it 
until it becomes kind of something that people don't do anymore you know yeah, either yeah. a world war or stuff and we'll all go back to like living off the yeah. land or we'll still keep you scrolling like, for our I phones see a, I see a lot of firms that don't do um, they don't put any effort into visualisation or models or anything for their clients they just they just roll out like a fat bunch of A3 floor plans and they're like here you go here's your project because they cost so much time wise and like if you were paying somebody to do them so I do them all myself yeah because they're important to the approach yeah but like if you if you didn't realise the benefit that's in them you know I, I worked out early on that you can make a little 1 to 100 scale house model looks brilliant to architects and architecture students but there's something in the abstract nature of it even though it's a 3D object mm. that I saw clients some of them glaze over some not really yeah. get it yeah. whereas yeah. if I show them one or two renders straight away there's so much in those images yeah. so many decisions that I've already made that you're planting the seed that this is the path that we're on from the outset and also such valuable feedback that you can get instantly I don't like that material I don't like that colour I don't like that bit why not what is it about it yeah. that jump this whole kind of time gap of trying to resolve these little little things so mm. putting the effort into making those 3D images on a professional work kind of mm. client mm. environment is extremely valuable yeah. I found and also on the other way as a little kind of bit of honey to try and catch another couple of exactly flies. so the thing that's super efficient about that is that you can actually take them straight from your client thing straight to Instagram there's yeah. no drama there like they actually look you know gram worthy like they have an Instagram friendly aesthetic um generally the advice to a lot of people is don't put renders on Instagram because you've got those weird green Lego trees and you've got like the Maserati in the car park in the driveway and you've like it's like there's like a certain school of rendering but typically that's because that's just been like CAD files or Archicad's stuff have been sent to some visual real estate render visualization place and it's just it's so detached from anything real or good in that process it's like it's disgusting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I agree. To, just, to just be totally brutal but it's 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 also you can't use it for anything you can't put stuff like that on instagram there's you know, like so of what you're seeing there it's the um the fact that it's so photo real it's like overshooting what the actual job is going to look like so there's no kind of area for the client to imagine other yeah. bits so I try and balance in between the photo real and relatively real and you know the measure site measures that we do at a client's house I'll snap photos of their objects and get a sense of what they're about throw their dog in so it's about yeah. putting them into the idea and getting them thinking about it yeah so there's a lot that's kind of gone into the renders to sell this experience that they're going to have living in it and their life in it which is maybe what you find more interesting than just a, a really nice render of a really new building that'll probably be built looking like the kind of poor quality version of that original yeah. image yeah. you know there's no, that Peter Zumthor always mentions that they, they, they use the actual materials to build their 
their models because it ensures that the, the qualities that they're after are there, yeah. but they're never showing them a, a 3D render because it's you, you're kind of showing them the exact result rather than experiencing that on site. So even though that his work is so far from mine, I find that that kind of mindset is true. Show it real enough to a point, get it looking good enough to put on Instagram straight away. Mm. Like you said, they, they go from the, yeah. the presence that they literally, I pretty much leave, get into the car because I've been waiting yeah. to yep. share yep. this one yep. for ages and yep. it's like it's uploaded before I've even turned the key on Yeah, because it's important, you know, it, it, yeah. it's actually important. Yeah, because you're not like sitting there like most people are going like, I've got nothing to share on Instagram. It's like you're an architect, like you're making visual stuff for your clients. Like Yeah, I heard you saying that. You're like finishing... Just, before we like just got so much content to put on things yeah you should actually be struggling to kind of narrow that down like if you because you make you know making stuff all day like i know i understand a lot of a lot of the job is like you know emails and reports for council and stuff like that it's not (laughs) it's not all just like you know we're not all photoshopping and in fact like tons of directors are probably never even touching that side of things and they've sort of punted it down to yeah you know the bottom of the firm which is probably not the best move for that reason maybe because you don't get to use it for those i think some of some of the bigger offices like they're so established that work is a more possibly about you know keeping covering the overheads Mm. i don't imagine the offices that i look at the larger ones that i don't imagine that they're jaded with the work it's just probably they're too far developed whereas i'm still so in the green and young and hungry that like if i was to let somebody else do the render that i put up it's not it's not me it's Mm. not my you know in those images i feel really I, i can't delegate them to somebody else because the they're just missing the bits like there's without built work out there they're my built work even though they're 3d so they're that important to me at the Mm. moment Mm. whereas you know a larger office that's a bit more um content in where they're at got a lot more work feeding a lot more mouths they probably Mm. don't even consider the 3d renders even that important with competition yeah Mm. it makes perfect Mm. sense Mm. because you're trying to win it but in a client meeting, you can show them anything. Whereas I treat my images as like the finished thing. That the the initial presentation that I do for any client is the most important one because it's me working out what what I'm going to show them, what I want to do, solving the things, and then selling it in the way that you would you kind of a client a, a competition design that you wanted to win. They're like little mini competitions mm. that I do for clients but the competition I've already won because they've already employed me it's like the the prize is getting closer to how I want it from the outset than how it could end up yeah you know so that yeah I can I can understand why there's a lack of good quality renders coming out of larger offices where you kind of mentioned that I do a lot of them but the only reason why is you know I'm churning them out and I'm, I'm, I've got work on at the moment and I'm still treating them the same way that I did. So I'm just producing content.